Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. All right, everyone, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, my name is Ryan Wilk. I'm a partner here at Ready Newman PC. Uh, I'm going to be joined today by my colleague and partner, Stephen Brown. Um, so we'll go ahead and get things open up. Leo, if you want to give it to the first caller. Sure. Um, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. So th- thanks, Ryan. So this is like a typical issue with all the IT companies. So I work for a major company called say ABC Group. Uh, when in 2013, when my labor I-140 all were filed under ABC Bank, four years ago, they decided to change all the IT people as ABC Technologies, but it's still in the same under same umbrella of ABC Group, but tax ID changed. So all my GC processing is done under ABC Bank but my recent H1 is ABC Technologies. Is it, will it be a problem if I get my green card through ABC Bank, but my payroll continue to be under ABC Technologies? After it I get shouldn't. green card, yeah. yeah. It, sh- it shouldn't, it shouldn't. But what I would recommend is that, I'll call them company B, who ABC Bank became, like, I'll just call them the second company, ABC Tech. Yeah. Because their FEIN changed, I would recommend that they get a new I-140 done. And so that would be a new perm and a new I-140. Um, or what they could do, there's sort of two ways. One is what's called a successorship and in interest, where they file an amended mm-hmm. I-140. And they don't need a perm for that. And so as long as they can show the government that company A is really the same as company B, that company B took over kind of all the liabilities of company A, the government won't have a problem with you doing this. Uh, it really just brings the, the I-140 from company A's house under company B's house. Yeah. Another way that it could be done, and this would kind of be the attorney needing to look into the company to see if option A needs to be done or if option B, option B is new perm, new I-140, you keep the the priority date. That's no problems at all. Uh, but it would I would want to dig into the company uh, to see you know what was done, what arrangement they, they did because... Uh, that's going to dictate whether you just need to do an amended I-140 or if you do need to get a new perm. I would say gut feeling. You can probably just do an amended I-140. But like I said, I would need to really look at the file, really look at the company to see what needs to be done there. But I would say 75% likely, maybe even 85%. It's just an amended I-140. But to get back to your initial question, will it be a problem that, you know, GC was started under company A's umbrella and now you're, you've been working under company B's umbrella. That has no bearing at all. You should be fine. And say if company agrees to proceed with um, GC processing under company A 
and I get green card. And the attorney says that it will cause a problem during citizenship if I never worked for company A after green card is approved. Is I, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree with the citizenship part. The, 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 the door that we are needing to walk through is the 485. Once the 485 is approved, who the company was, or if really, if you ever even work with them, it's out the window uh, at, the, at okay. the citizenship stage. Okay, thanks, Dan. Of course. Thank you so much. We'll take the next call, Leo. Of course. That's Hello, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yep. So um, my question is around like, um, my priority date is um, December 2010, which has been current uh, in both EB3 and EB2 India. And I have EB2 140 approved uh, from my prior employer. Now I joined a, a new company like three and a half years ago and they did my um, a 485 filing in December, 2020 as a concurrent, but uh, while doing the concurrent, they did it in EB3 category. So I do not okay. have a EB2 with the current employer and I do have H1B and H4 uh, for my spouse valued through like April, 2023. And I got my uh, EAD and AP as well. So I have a couple of questions related to my options. Should I continue to wait in EB3? as my date is current uh, through my current employer, or should I pursue any option of like interfile to EB2 from prior employer or anything they need to do like a new um, 485? Okay. And if so, okay. what are all the complications or like uh, when should I be, if I have to join the prior employer, when should I be joining those kind of things? Okay. Okay. So if you just sat in the EB3 line, I mean, your priority date's current and I would be pretty shocked if it retrogresses. And so if you're sitting in the EB3 line, um, you're, you're in a good spot. Now, uh, kind of the question I think you're thinking of is how can I speed things up? How can I get this green card approval faster? If you're sitting in the EB3 line, it's going to take time. That's just the nature of the beast. And so if you want to speed things up, it is going to get into the EB2 line. And so you kind of have two, maybe two and a half options uh, to, to get into the EB2 line. Option one is with your current employer. And you said that they did their I-140 as EB3. If they can take that same perm and file for an EB2 I-140, you can enter file onto that, that your current employer's I-140. So it will get you from the EB3 line to the EB2 line. So that's option one. Option two is you can go back to the first company, the company that got you the first I-140 back in 2010 or maybe 2011, um, and you can enter file onto that. Now, what you're doing there is is you're saying, okay, I'm now going to go work for company A once you, once you approve my green card. So right now everything's through company B, and that's fine. If you wanted to enter file onto company A's I-140, that's fine as well. But what you are saying to the government is, hey, I'm gonna go work for company a now, my original company, not not the company B. Um, and so that's what you're looking at there. Um, I said two and a half options. The kind of third or the, the half option you have is that you can file another 485. I would say that's a step too far. It's probably unnecessary because you'll accomplish what you want uh, doing the interfiling or even if you just sit on the EB3. Now, if you wanted to file another 485, uh, the only issue I would say is, are you still in status? And I assume that you are because you said some things about the H4 uh, and all that. So if, if you're still holding H1B status, nothing is going to prevent you 
uh, from filing another 485. You don't need to be working with the company that's going to be filing the 485 for you. And so if you go to company A, who had the EB-2 for you back in 2010, they can file an EB-2485 for you. You don't need to be on their payroll. What you're saying to the government is once you approve my green card, I'm going to go work for them. And so that's kind of one option. The other option, I guess this is four, is that you can have your current company, the one who did the EB-3485 for you, have them do a concurrent EB-2485 for you as well. So you can, you can have multiple pending 485s. That's not a problem at all. And so you do have a few different options in front of you. Enter filings are going to be cheaper. Um, really, you don't need an attorney to do them. There's no filing fee to the government for them. Um, they seem the government's given some instructions where they would want you to do the intro filing if it's available for you, especially for a situation like yours where you're maybe stuck in the EB3 line. If you do an intro filing, it's probably going to get you your green card a, a good bit sooner than if you just waited. Other side of the coin, if you want to file a 485, a new 485, there's the attorney's fees, there's the filing fees, uh, but that's really the end of it. So it is more expensive, but for me, going the second route, doing, saying having two 485s going, it's like having multiple lottery tickets. If you only have one lottery ticket, the probability is one. If you have two lottery tickets, the probability increases. So that's just our view. Uh, the EB-3 is probably not going to be approved before the EB-2. And so if you do have two out there, it's probably going to be the EB-2 that's approved anyways. So that tells us, okay, let's think of two options. Either one, we do the interfiling, and that's your choice on what company you want to do it with, or option two, file another 485. And that's going to be an EB-2485. So legally, you're not running into any positives or negatives. It really comes down to just the practical reality of processing times. Practical reality is EB-2 is better than EB-3 right now. Uh, and so whether you want to get there by doing the interfiling or get there by doing another 485, that's your choice. Legally, I don't have a problem with it. You're, you're muted, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So uh, if I, one last question, if I continue to wait in EB3, like, uh, would it be possible to get it in this year or like it will continue way longer? Mm, I would, I would not be optimistic. That's all I would say uh, this year. I think if you can get it into EB2, you stand a pretty good chance of having it approved before the end of the fiscal year. And if not, probably a good chance of fiscal year 2023 where if you sit in eb3 i just don't have much optimism that you would see it this year next year i i would have a little bit more optimism but not much i would probably think fiscal year 2024 is when you could really start reasonably expecting movements if you're just sitting in the eb3 line okay. and that's just my estimation the next attorney's guess could be completely different that's just kind of what i'm yeah. seeing when i'm reading the tea leaves thank you all right thank you sir yeah, Raj. Yeah. Uh, hello, Ryan. My name is Jairaj. And so I recently received my RFE for my medicals, actually, to submit my medicals. So we did. Okay. I did interfile from EB3 to EB2. So like in March, and I received my RFE like two weeks back. So the thing is, like, I'm the primary applicant, and I have my wife who is dependent. So the thing is, only I received RFE for my receipt number, but not for my wife. So now mm -hmm. the question is whether do I need to submit only mine and wait for my wife's or if I submit both at the same mm -hmm. time with my RFE. So is that going to be like, are they going to accept? And the other mm -hmm. thing is if I submit only mine and if I don't submit my wife's and if she's waiting for RFE, is there any chance my green card might get delayed? 
if I submit only mine? Okay. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. It kind of comes down to uh, what do we think is best? Because there's not a, there's not a yeah. best answer for this. And so for you, I would say, you know, you have your 485 RFE for your medical. So of course, send yours. Now that comes down to okay. if we include your wives, will that make it into her packet? And that's, yeah. it's just a gray area. If you do it, it's not going to hurt you in any legal sense. It's not going to hurt her case in any legal sense. Okay. Really what it comes down to is maybe they don't take it. Maybe it's not, uh, they're not going to reject your 485 or, or look at your 485 in any negative way. If you give your medicals plus your wives, the chance that the, the possibility is that they never put it into her file or it never makes it there. And that doesn't result mm -hmm. in her 485 being denied. She's going to get the RFE one day anyways. So sending mm -hmm. hers is just hoping that we can maybe avoid it. Um, so the risk that you run is that you might have to spend more money to go to the doctor and get the medicals done again. So maybe you send okay. it with yours, her, you send hers with yours and it doesn't make it in. They give you the RFE. That, it's just money out of your pocket to maybe have to go back to the doctor and get the, the medicals done again. And okay. so for me, you know, legally, you're not going to put yourself into a bad spot. It's not going to hurt you to try it with her medical. Um, and so that's just that. Now, one thing I will say is that they are starting to split off. What we're seeing is the, the pen, dependence goes and, and yours will go. The principals are, are just sitting on different desks. And I think that's just to, to get for USCS to get through things quicker. So instead of having okay. one officer sit through an entire family as they split everything out and just have more hands working on more cases. And so that's okay. probably why you got an RFE before hers. Um, okay. To add okay. on, we are starting to see where like yours is going to be approved before hers. So we are seeing that as well, where the principal does get approved a little bit ahead of the, the dependents. And so that's probably just where your case is sitting is that officer A has your case and officer mm. J has your wife's mm -hmm. case. And so they're just not working together so okay. to get back to your question, I would probably, I mean, if the money isn't a problem for you and it's a small amount, you know, and so why not send them both? And maybe that's just a way to avoid um, your wife's RFE, but they're going to send your wife's RFE 99.9% anyways. And so okay. why not just wait? It's not going to speed up your green card approval. It's going to maybe dictate hers, uh, but for yours, you've got the RFE as soon as you respond to those medicals. From what I've been seeing, they've been approving the GCs pretty quick after the medicals RFE. Okay. And so for you, send them maybe add your wife's in, but that's legally, there's not a right or a wrong answer. It's just kind of playing the game. And so uh, I mean, take the yeah, chance. Take the, chance. <laughs> the, the risk is, is low. Okay. I'm, my only worry was say like, if I don't send the dependence law, will there any be chance? Because our understanding was like both primary and dependent application will be overseen by one field officer, right? Mm -hmm. That's what from in the, what I in heard. the normal like pre-COVID yeah. world, that was very much the case. The same officer okay. handled the entire families, but now that's that's just not the case. Um, and so, to your point, like it's not going to result in her denial or yours being delayed. They're just going to be handled as independent cases. I know one is dependent upon the other, but they are really okay. are just sitting on two def two officers' desks right now. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have a question. Uh, so I filed my 485 under EB2 on June 1st. I had my downgraded uh, downgrade EB3 485 file in October 2020. 
But since I was not seeing any movement there, so I've uh, refiled it again on June 1st. So my question is currently I'm based out of LA. Uh, I'm planning to relocate to SF Bay area in, in a month or two. Will this move impact my 485 in any way? I will be still working with the same company, same job responsibilities. It would be just change of location. Generally, I would say no. Now, there is a way that we could say, yes, it will impact it. But generally, I would say no. Um, here's the reason being is that whatever you're doing right now, whether you're on H1B or you're using the EAD, wherever you're working right now is irrelevant to the 485. What the 485 is about, what that PERM and the I-140 are about is saying, when you, the government, finally approve my green card, that's the employer I'm going to go work for in that location, in that job, for that salary, right? And so whatever you're doing right now, it doesn't matter to what we've said, you know, in the 485 and the I-140. Now, you do need to be prepared to say, okay, I will go back to whatever location was on the GC, if you're ever asked. And that's the end of it, really. And so, so to your question, does it matter that you've moved? No, it doesn't. But you do need to be prepared. If you're ever required to, you do need to go back to wherever the perm was filed. So if it was an L.A. job, you do need, do need to go back to L.A. Or, or at least be willing to go back to L.A. Now, once your green card's approved, you can go wherever you want. You can go work in, in New York City if you wanted to. But it's on paper. You said, this is my intent to go work in this position. You need to be... Uh, in a position to convince the government of that intent, and and really they take you at your on your word on the on the on the, you know the paper. It is a paper filing, so no, you shouldn't have any concerns. But you do need to be prepared to to go to LA if you need to, you know, to convince the government that okay, I am going there. So if I'm called for an interview, do I need to show any paperwork that I can go back to LA and work from there, like any housing address or something like that? No, or... you won't need that. You won't need that. Uh, what I might do is present a letter. So if company A is your GC sponsor, I would just, a very simple job offer letter saying, hey, you know, we're offering this guy uh, the okay. job. Uh, this is the location he's going to be at. And really what we do as the attorneys is we just make sure that this letter would mirror the PERM or the I-140 petition. And I haven't mm -hmm. ever seen the government have any problems with that. And so uh, you should be okay. You shouldn't have any worries. My my company attorney also suggested that we can uh, file a new 485J saying that the same mm -hmm. provision is now being offered from SF. Uh, but I asked her like whether we need to do it within 180, whether we can do it in within 180 days or do we need to wait 180 days? But I haven't heard back. If uh, it's from coming from the same company who did the perm, I would not put forward the supplement, Jay, to say that we're moving the job locations. If you go to okay. a new company, that's fine with me. But if it's with the same company, my view is that, that you need to stay in the, in the location of the perm. Okay. And if I plan to move, I just need to file H1B amendment and AR11 to update my address. And that should be sufficient. And if I'm called yep. for an interview, I can tell them that, yeah, I will be going back to LA and work from there for maybe six months or something like that. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Of course. Ishwar? Hi, Ryan. Um, Hello. I work, for, uh, hi. Uh, I work for a company, uh, for a company A. And uh, my 140 got approved in 2016 and I stayed with that company for almost four years. And in 2020, I switched to a new company. And uh, in last week, my new 140 got approved with company B. But the problem is uh, on the new 140 approval copy, I'm seeing a new priority date. So my original priority date was not retained. 
so does uh, did i lose the original priority date uh, or uh, is it a typo or something it's likely a typo and and i'm seeing that error from uscis i would say quite often but in the last two or three weeks i've had to have this conversation with a number of people that it is just a typo um and so first thing that i would do as the attorney is look at company b's i140 and make sure that they included a copy of company a's approval um that's going to be us uscis is really only notification that you should be given an earlier priority date so that would be the first thing that i would check to make sure that company b did what they needed to do to prove to the government that you have that earlier priority if they did what they needed to do properly and i would say that they probably did the second option or the 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 course of action is to do a service request for a typographical error and i haven't seen the government not give back the the uh, amended approval showing the old priority date um and so that's that now maybe the government's taking a long time to um to give you the new approval notice showing the correct priority date what you can do at the 485 stage is present both of those i140 approvals company b's because that's going to be the immediate sponsorship and then you show company a's to show the priority date that you're allowed uh and that shouldn't be a problem either so even in the worst case scenario you don't get this corrected i140 approval back you have everything that you need in hand to show the government that you're allowed to file the 485 it'd be company a's i140 uh showing the priority date and then company b's uh i140 showing the immediate gc sponsorship and so you shouldn't have any problems i would just get with company b to to do what's called the service request for the type for the typo and it should be corrected and if it was a premium processing case they can email them directly and usually within about 2 or 3 weeks you'll have the the new approval notice in hand and worst case if i want to switch to company c also at that moment uh, i can present a company a's uh, 140 approval copy and uh, okay. correct oh, correct no impact thank you so much dan of course edi hi uh, yeah so uh, we actually filed for a new uh, 485 in eb2 uh, i am the derivative and my husband is the primary um, my status shows that biometrics were applied and my husband's status still doesn't show that so is there anything to be concerned about and uh, and follow up is uh, that we also have a downgraded uh, eb3 eb2 to eb3 which was filed in october 2020 and we haven't interfiled yet So, do you suggest we should do an interfile from EB three to EB two? Okay, um, let me address the first question first, and then we'll go to the second one. Okay, so for the first one, uh, there's no concerns. Um, okay. I'll just say at all. So don't 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 worry. Um, one thing I say to my clients is whatever you're seeing on the USCIS case status website. don't put too too much faith into it unless it says approved really don't put too much faith into it it's really slow to update and sometimes uh what we're seeing on these updates isn't actually what was done and so just to give you an example pretty much any time an officer puts his or her hands on a case the case status changes to essentially like your name was changed or we updated your name on the file and so um a lot of times what we're seeing isn't what's going on with the case and so the fact that you as the dependent have seen an update and your husband's as the principal hasn't don't let that cause any concern i if i ever can i don't put any trust or any faith into that online system if i if i don't have to and so for you guys you have the pending 485 you have the receipt notices 
it's just a waiting game at this point. So don't, don't worry too much about, about the online status. So that gets us into the second question. Um, you said that you fought, you have two four eight fives pending, correct? Yes. You did an EB2 just recently and then you did yes. a downgrade back in October, 2020. Right. Yeah. So okay. We- for me, there's no reason for you guys to do an interfiling. Uh, you have two four eight fives going one in EB3, one in EB2. Doing an interfiling would just get you two four eight fives both in EB2, right? And so that doesn't do you guys any favors. And so for, for me, it's good to be waiting in two lines, EB3 and EB2. Right now you're in both. And so don't take yourself take yourself out of both lines by doing an interfiling. Just leave things where they are. And like I said a moment ago, it is a waiting game, but where you're at is, is as perfect of a spot as you can be without having the actual green card approved. And so you guys are in a good spot. Okay. But there's no chance that interfile, interfiled applications are getting processed quicker. In in a yes, they are. But for your situation, it, it wouldn't make sense. Like if you only had the EB three four eight five, and you could interfile, then I would say absolutely do it. Get yourself into the EB two line. But you already you're already standing in the EB two line anyways. And so doing the interfiling doesn't do anything for you guys. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Of course. Hi. Uh, so I have a question, which I think probably the previous caller had asked. I, I had uh, a 485 filed in October 2020, and then I refiled on 1st of April, and uh, nothing has happened. Just my file moved to NBC. Both my cases are in NBC now. And uh, uh, do should I also interfile uh, to seeing that the interfile cases are moving much faster than the refiled cases? So you have two four eight fives, correct? One in EB three from October twenty twenty, and then you did an EB two four eight five in I think June. You said in okay. in, uh, uh, in first April. Okay, okay. Uh, so for me, like you're in a good spot, and especially because your cases are at the National Benefit Center, we're seeing, uh, I would say rapid results, but the results are coming out of that office much quicker than they are, uh, you know, Texas or, or Nebraska. And what may happen is that they might take your case and send it to a regional office, which for us means like we're just days away from the approval. Uh, maybe they're going to send an RFE for medicals or something like that, but it's not a big deal. So for you, being in the National Benefit Center, that's, that's a good deal. Uh, where you're at. Now, to get to the question of do we want to do an interfiling, an interfiling doesn't make any sense for your case because you're not, you're, you're in both lines already. You have an EB2 case. Um, and so doing an interfiling on that EB3 case, for me, it doesn't do anything for you. Now, you can you do it? Yes. But will you see any benefit? For me, I, I would say no. Okay. Because I did send the uh, medicals again in April this year. So uh, my... Uh, medicals are there, and my uh, uh, <clears throat> biometrics have been reapplied in E3. It's just that, you know, I don't see any movement for past three months. And that's, I mean, normal, so to speak, not seeing that movement. Uh, but in terms of case strategy and having, you know, interfilings and multiple 485s, EB2s versus EB3s, like you're in, I would say, the best position that you can be having two of them filed, both of them pending, both of them in the same service center. Um, and so for me, doing an interfiling doesn't do anything beneficial. For me, it would actually give you two EB2485s, 
rather than standing in two lines, EB2 and EB3. My view is that standing in two lines, we're going to get to the front of it. One of those two lines, we're going to get to the front of first. Okay. So whether it's an EB2 or an EB3, for me, it doesn't matter. For you as an individual, it should matter because all the result is, is it's the green card. Uh, and so if we're going to cut ourselves from two lines instead of one into one, so if you do an interfiling, it's going to take both of your cases into one queue. No, I would say the EB2 is going to get approved anyways before the EB3, but you're, you're moving, your, you're, you're closing doors for yourself, so to speak. And so I would say just leave the both cases open uh, and maybe the EB3 does get approved. But for me, it doesn't gain you any benefits by doing an interfiling. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, Paul. Yes, sir. We'll do one more question. Hello. Hey, hey Ryan. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I have uh, downgraded my EB3 application in uh, December 2020. And uh, I, and my 485 got approved uh, in uh, last uh, this April. And uh, I got my GC. And I traveled. I'm currently in India right now. I traveled on my GC to India. And uh, at the same time, uh, in in Feb 2022, I I filed a new 485 application, EB2, uh, since my date was not current in EB3 at the time. So whatever green card I received in EB3 category, it shows as uh, E26. That means I got an uh, EB2 visa, right? Uh, number. Mm -hmm. So and just now, just last week, uh, my EAD and AP in EB2, uh, which I uh, filed newly got approved and just yesterday my 485 also got approved in EB2. So so what shall I do right now? Like, uh, shall I ask USCIS to cancel one of my GC? So when you filed your second 485, it was after your first 485 was approved? No. Or was, well, no. it was pending? No. Okay, I see. I, 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 I filed my new 485 application in EB2 in, uh, in uh, Feb 2022, but my GC in EB3 got approved in uh, April 1st. So I yeah, I would say don't, you don't need to do anything. Um, okay. Just leave it be. If anything, the government might send you correspondence saying we're, we're going to administratively close one of your GCs, mm -hmm. um, which isn't a problem. That's very normal. That's what happens. Uh, and so for you, I would just say, relax. You don't need to do anything. If anything, the government might send you a letter saying, hey, we're going to close one of the cases, but it doesn't have any impact on you uh, at all. So even though if I want to cancel, uh, can I come back to US and then do all this stuff if I want to do it in case? If you wanted to, yeah, I would say there's no need though. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah. So I, I don't have any issues. Okay. Having two GCs will not cause any issues uh, when I when I do no, when, I, when I'm entering to US. No, it won't. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Of course. All right, everyone. We'll go ahead and end it here today, but we'll be holding the same call again tomorrow. I believe at 4:30 Central Time. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.